really a, a new teaching series that we're doing here over the next few weeks. We're, we're going to spend some time looking at the subject of worship. Um, that's the theme for the next few weeks. What really is worship? How do we live lives that are lives of worship, worshiping God with all that we have in our work and our home? Um, what do we think about when we think about worship? What, what's our expectation when we come to worship God? Um, why do we sing songs together when we worship? All of those kind of things. It's a massive part of who we are and what we do. The reality is this. Everybody worships. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, everybody worships. Whether you're religious or not religious, everybody worships. The human race is not divided by those who worship and those who don't. Everyone worships. It's just a matter of what we worship or who we worship, who we serve, or who, what we give our affection and our energy to. You, you can normally tell what people worship by what they give their time to, and their money to, and their energy to, what they're passionate about, or what they spend their time doing, what they spend their money on. When they close their eyes at night, uh, what's the first thing that they think about? Often these are the things that we worship, actually, that have our affection and our mind, and we live our lives for. Um, so, listen, I love football. Many of you know that. On Tuesday night, the team that I support, Liverpool Football Club, the mighty Red Men, were playing in the Champions League of the semi-final against Roma, and Liverpool won 5-2. Did anyone watch the game? There's four of us. I don't believe that. There must be more. I, okay, so here's the thing. I've been, I've been a lifelong Liverpool fan. Um, I was literally leaping and dancing around my room as I saw Liverpool play some of the best football Liverpool Football Club have ever played. And there are some other Liverpool fans here, I know. And it was, I was getting excited, I was getting passionate about this stuff. If you were, didn't know much about me, you may say, wow, it seems like you're really into this football thing, Jim. In fact, my family were a bit scared at points that I was that excited about the football thing. Football can be something that we worship. Actually, if you think about football, it's a great illustration because um, there's nothing wrong with following football and enjoying it. Around our nation, there are tens of thousands of people who go to the their church every week, which is their stadium, and they worship their God, which is their team, and they have their own hymns, which are the anthems of that particular stadium. It is something that people spend their time on, their money on, their energy on, their passion on. It's the thing that they think about. It's the thing that they study. It's the thing that they're preoccupied by. It's what they worship. It's not just football. It could be any sports. It could be fashion or your appearance. It could be shopping. Those that need to go on retail therapy when they're stressed, you might think, well, actually, is, is shopping their worship? Um, it might be food, it might be sex, it might be popularity, it might be money. Many people in our culture worship money. It's what they think about, it's what they live for, it's what they give their energy to, is the pursuit of finance. It might be celebrity, the desire to be a celebrity and famous, or the worship of celebrity. It might be career, that's what everyone, people give their uh, focus and time and energy and passion completely for. It might be holidays, it might be political ideologies or causes, it can be anything. The thing that we worship is the thing that actually we give our focus and our attention, our energy, our time, our passion. So the question is not whether we worship, the question is what? Is it that we worship? Whether you follow Jesus or not, everyone will be worshipping someone or something. 
The Bible says actually that every human being, every single person, has been designed to worship. It's like it is hardwired into our programming. It's like built into our DNA is there is an instinct to worship, to give our affection and energy and time to. But the Bible also says we've been designed to create to worship one. <laughs> we've been designed to worship the creator who created us to worship him. And this is what happens in our world when people are separated from that God, when people don't know the God who is the creator, who we were designed and wired to worship, our affection and our worship will go in any other place. And that's what we see all around us. The the tragic thing is this, that people pour their lives and their energy and their attention and their focus into worshipping certain things, but it does not satisfy or fulfill or fill the void within every one of us because we were designed to worship and know him and to give our attention and our glory to him and him alone. So when our worship goes in these other places, it doesn't satisfy because we're not called to worship those other things. We're called to worship one, the Lord God Almighty. So what do you worship? What are you most passionate about? What consumes your thoughts, your time, your energy, your money, your affection. When Jesus was alive, someone asked him a question. Um, we read about it in Mark chapter 12. If you have a Bible, please to turn there, Mark 12. Just going to read a few verses. And um, the verses will come up on the screen as well if you haven't got a Bible with you this morning. But someone asked Jesus a question, and it was about what is the most important commandment in the Bible? What, what is the most important thing of all the stuff the Bible says, of all its teaching, of all its instruction, of all the laws and all the guidance, all the prophetic writings? Jesus, what's the most important thing? Uh, this is what it says. Mark 12, 28, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. And he quotes from a very famous Jewish phrase that we read in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your minds and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Jesus summarizes the whole book really, the whole of the book, all the law, all of what it says by one word and the word is this, love. He says, if you want to know what the greatest instruction and commandment is, it's to love God with all your heart, your soul, mind, strength. Heart, soul, mind, strength. That's the most important thing above anything else. This statement of Jesus actually answers so many other questions. You may ask, well, what really is worship is all about? What does it mean to be a worshipper? Well, to be a worshipper is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a Christian? What to be a Christian is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Actually, what does it mean to be fully human? To be fully human is to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength because that is what you were created for. 
Not, not some of your heart, not some of your minds. All, that word all comes four times. It is all of you. Worship actually is a total response of all that we are and all that we have to all that he is. All. God is the one and the only God. There should be nothing else competing with him. So in this series, we're going to explore what does it mean to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our minds and all of our strength? What does that look like? How do we do that? How do we do that together as a church? How do we do that in our lives? In these areas, our hearts, the, the heart is like the inner self. The Bible speaks about this in Proverbs. It says that from the heart flow the springs of life. And Jesus said that from the heart is where the mouth speaks. It flows out of our hearts. Our hearts are where our motives are and our attitudes and our responses and our emotions. And Jesus says we should love God with all of our heart, with our inner self, our responses, our motives, our attitudes should flow in response to and in praise of and love for God. It's something internal. When we become a Christian, we we know that God changes us inside out and our heart is changed. And therefore, we are now to love God with everything that is within us. And then he says you're to love God with all of your soul. And some will say, isn't the heart the same thing as the soul? How do we make a difference between these two things? Well, actually, in the Bible, this idea of soul is like like the spirituality, the spiritual side of us. So in Genesis, when man was created, it says that God created man from the dust of the earth and he breathed his life into his nostrils and man became a living soul. It's like the breath of God had come and filled him. And suddenly it wasn't just physical. It wasn't just bones and flesh. It was something of a spiritual nature. Spirituality is very popular in our culture, actually. People like to talk about spirituality. And here we have Jesus saying, I want you to worship him in your spirit, in your soul, with everything, that bit of you that isn't the physicality, but makes you you, the spiritual side of you. You need to worship the Lord with all of your soul. And then he says, and with all of your mind, what we think about what we meditate on, our our intelligence. You know, we don't throw away our brains when we give our lives to Jesus. The Bible says we are to renew our minds and our minds are to be transformed. And Jesus says you're to love God with your minds, with what you think about, with what you meditate on, with your thoughts. Do our thoughts love God? Do our thoughts, when no one else sees, love God fully? Psalm 77, 12 says, Oh, consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. We love God with our mind. We meditate on him. We consider him. We love him with our mind. And then Jesus says, love him with all your strength. This is our ability to act, like our energy, the things that we can do, our physicality. Our ability to love him with our bodies, with our time, with our energy, with our resources. Worship is not just an emotional thing from the heart. It's not just a spiritual thing. It's not just a meditative thing. It's a physical thing. We, we worship him with what he has given us. Our resources, our time, our energy, our bodies. It's everything that we have. Um, some of you will know the name Eric Liddell. He was a, a Scottish Olympic athlete and rugby player and missionary. And story was famously told in the movie called Chariots of Fire. Hands up if you've seen Chariots of Fire. More than saw the Liverpool game. That's interesting. <laughs> he, he was an Olympic athlete and Eric Liddell said this. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast 
and when I run, I feel his pleasure. There's someone who knows that you can worship the Lord with all of your strength. That even in running, this is like an opportunity for him to worship because he feels the pleasure of God because it's all of us. All of us in our workplaces and our leisure pursuits and our homes and our minds and our emotions and our spirits. We are to love God with everything. I think it's why the Bible says that actually when we gather to worship together, there's an encouragement to lift up our hands, to move, to dance, because we are to love God with everything that we have. Not just emotionally, spiritually, mentally, but also physically as well. Every part of you, mind, heart, body, words, thoughts, actions, motives, love, God. This is what matters over and above everything else. We have that phrase, don't we? If you put your heart and soul into something, it means you're putting your everything into something. You're putting all your energy into it, all, all your thought, all your efforts. And this is what kind of Jesus is saying. Put your heart and soul into loving God. So worship is bringing all that we have and offering it to God as a sign of our love for him and yeah, isn't, oh, isn't he worthy of, of that? Just sang, haven't we? Ransomed, restored and forgiven. We've just been singing these glorious songs about the mercy and the wonder of God. His forgiveness, he saved us. He's placed our feet on a rock. He's given us a hope and a future and a destiny and a purpose and a new beginning and a new start and his presence and his words. Isn't he worthy of our love? Isn't he worthy of our praise? All of it. So here's the challenge for every single one of us in the room. Here's the challenge. There are multiple things in our lives that are fighting for that place and that attention of devotion and worship to God. Multiple things all the time are kind of waging a battle with you about where your full attention, your full heart, your full mind, your full strength, your full devotion is going to be placed. All the time there's a battle going on. And without care and without danger, God can get relegated to second or third place. Well, well, this is the thing I'm really loving with all my heart, mind and strength. God's in there somewhere. Uh, but actually, if you're honest, so for me, you know I mean, it could be football very easily. If I was not careful, that could be the thing that I became preoccupied by or sports. And there's things waging all the time. Could be money, could be popularity, appearance. And and there's a battle in our hearts to actually say, no, no, the most important thing is this, that I love God with everything I have, first and foremost, all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength, in all my places, in my workplaces, my family, God won. He's first. He's going to get my devotion. He's going to get my affection because he alone is worthy. So as we gather to worship on a Sunday morning, as we gather to worship, we we gather to bring our full devotion to him, 100% first and foremost, above everything else. It's why it's so good to regularly gather in the corporate setting and worship, because it reminds us as we sing these songs together, God is number one, and he is the one that I'm going to give my affection and time and energy to above and over everything else. When we gather, it's good to gather with our whole hearts, with our whole mind, with our whole strength. It says in Psalms that I will praise you as long as I live. Psalm 63 verse 4. And in your name I will lift my hands. There's this idea that as we gather, you may be thinking, why do people lift their hands? There's a biblical principle. We want to offer our praise to God. We lift our hands. 
Some people, as we worship, might bow to the floor because they're saying, God, you have everything. I'm surrendering to you. Some, as we worship, may dance. It's a biblical idea. It's not a rule, but it's an idea. Some may cry because we're going to love God with all our heart. It's going to touch our emotions. Some may laugh in worship, and that's okay because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Some may, in worship, actually just be stood still because in their mind they're considering and meditating on the greatness of God. It doesn't matter how you express your worship. What matters is this, that you're bringing him your 100% best. As we gather to worship and as we live our lives, we're giving him our best. Heart, soul, mind, strength. It's great to have Terry and Wendy Virgo as part of our church. And Terry who's here this morning, wrote a book called The Spirit-Filled Church. And he says in that book that many people praise God in a limited way because they haven't spent enough time getting to know him or what he has done. It's a really profound thing that he says, actually. He says, the reality is the more we know God, the more we want to worship God. And the more we worship God, the more we'll discover about God. And the more that we discover about God, the more we'll know God. And the more we know God, the more we want to worship God. Because actually, if you think about what we worship, people who worship something are by preoccupied by the thing that they worship. True worshippers are preoccupied by what they worship. Many people are limited in their worship because they haven't spent enough time getting to know who God is. Like I said, I could get preoccupied by other things. I could get preoccupied by football. I I have far too much football data in my head and trivia. I can remember games, remember who scored, remember the minute that they scored, remember where I was when I watched the game. I can easily spend a lot of time on BBC Sport website reading about football and reading about sport um, because the thing that we are passionate about, we'll spend time looking at and reading about and considering. If your thing's fashion, you'll spend time reading fashion magazines. If your thing's money, you'll spend a lot of time looking at how best to invest it. We're fascinated by the, we are preoccupied by the things that we worship. And Terry in his book says, if you really want us to grow and worship, you need to become preoccupied with the one that you worship. You need to get to know him more. And the more you know him, the more you'll want to worship him. That's why Paul writes to the church in Ephesus and says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. What Paul wants more than anything else for his church in Ephesus is that they may know God because the knowledge of God, everything else flows. If we know God, we'll worship him. So if you come to church on a Sunday and you haven't spent time considering God during the week, if you're not actively thinking through meditating on his deeds, if you're not actively thinking through getting to know him and reading his word and spending time in prayer or receiving the encouragement of others, do not be surprised then if when you come to church on Sunday, you may struggle to engage in worship because worship is the overflow of people who are getting to know their gods. What happens here on a Sunday isn't like the only moment in a week where we consider the things of God. It should be the overflow when we gather together and express our devotion to the one that we've been meditating upon and thinking upon because um, true worshippers are preoccupied with the thing that they worship. Are you growing in your knowledge of God? To love God with all your mind is to consider his great deeds and his mighty works. To love God with your emotional health, your heart, your spirituality, your soul, your body is to make a devotional decision. I'm going to get to know him because I want to worship him. The more we know him, the more we want to worship him. 
Because it's ultimately all about him, isn't it? Let me just drill down a little bit on this and and then we are going to worship for the rest of the morning. If we are to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our minds and all our strength, if we are to love him with all that we have and all that we do and all that we say and all that we think, then we must grasp this very, very basic idea that worship is ultimately all about him. How we go about our work is about him. How we raise our family is about him. How we are at home or how we drive, by the way, is about him. Just to say that, how we drive is about him. How we are in the shops is about him. How we are when we play sport is all about him. When we gather as a church on a Sunday morning, on a prayer evening, wherever, guess what? It's all about him. Now, something's happened in our generation, and I'm not talking specifically just about our church, but within Christianity in our generation, something has happened, and I'm not sure when it happened or how it happens, but something has happened, and there's a danger that we need to be aware of, and this is what has happened culturally in Christianity, that worship has somehow become about us rather than about him. So you hear comments like, I didn't get much out of worship this morning. That, that line doesn't even make sense. If you understand what worship is, it's about him. What do you mean I didn't get much out of worship? Well, it wasn't for you. Worship is isn't, isn't never for you. It's, it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Somehow we've fallen into this trap. And I think it's because we live in a consumer culture that we consume church and church experience as to whether I receive something from it. As if worship is ever about what I get from it. No, no, it's always about him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. So we leave a Sunday morning or we go to a Christian conference and the conversation on the way home goes, yeah, I thought the sermon was okay. That bit worked for me, that bit didn't. Or, yeah, I didn't like that new song or the arrangement they did with that song. No, I don't like that. I'm not going to sing that song. Oh, well, it was a bit loud this morning. It was a bit quiet this morning. As if it's about our preference and what we prefer. I didn't get anything out of worship this morning. What? There's um, a... Um, article I read a few years ago I can't remember the exact detail but it was a church that did a survey with their church about the worship culture and asked the kind of church what what they wanted and it was a bit tongue-in-cheek this article it was put out on a blog post this was the result of their survey Um, some people wanted more new songs some people wanted to sing the older songs some people wanted to sing the new songs with an old twist Some people wanted to sing the old songs with with a new twist. Some people wanted more upbeat songs. Some people wanted more reflective songs. Some people wanted to hear more of the people's voices. Some people wanted to hear more of the bands. Some people thought the lights were too bright. Some thought the lights were too dark. Some people wanted worship to start slower and then build up to celebration. And some people wanted to start with celebration and then lead to more reflective worship. Some people wanted the worship leader to say more. Some people wanted the worship leader to say less. Some wanted longer time to worship. Some people wanted a shorter time of worship. Some people wanted it quieter. And guess what? Some people wanted it louder. louder. (laughs) When did worship ever become about our personal preference? When was that like, I'm going to assess 
a worship time based on whether it ticks all my boxes. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. It's not something to be critiqued and consumed. We need to get back to the simple core of what worship is. It's about him. For me to wake every day and say, I want to live for you today, Lord. I want to love you with all my heart. With all that I do, everything I think, everything I do and say. When we come to worship on a Sunday, we don't come to consume. Don't come to critique. We come to say, I'm here, God. I've got an hour and a half this morning that I'm here to give you everything I have. Because you are worthy of it. Because of who you are. I'm going to come and give you my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. You know, the Bible says that in heaven, there are angels surrounding the throne of God. They're singing day after day, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. It's like going over and over, holy, 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 holy. They just can't stop repeating this phrase. Can you imagine the, the angels walking away from that time of worship saying, oh, I didn't get much out of worship today, did you? sang that song a few times didn't I and I just went over and over and over but no what's going on with the angels they can't take their eyes off Jesus they can't take their attention off the one that's on the throne they're so transfixed they're so amazed at his glory they're so taken back by his beauty and his majesty that they sing over and over and over Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. It's like when we come to worship, is that what we're looking at? Is that what we're fixed upon, his glory, his holiness? Because I tell you, if if we fix on that, the other stuff's just going to fade away. Because it's him, isn't it? It's not about us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Can we just say as a church, we're not going to do that? We're not going to consume we're going to come to give him everything that we have for all that years. Can we just say we're going to do that? We're not going to walk away and say I didn't get anything out of it this morning as if it was for us. Can we just say, no, we're going to be a people that live wholeheartedly for him, for a devotion to him. God must be first, foremost, central when we gather. That's the heart and focus of our gatherings. So church, why is it that you worship Really, if you uh, to analyze what gets your time and energy and passion and focus, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, does God get all of it? He says you can sum up the whole book, the whole law, all the commandments with this phrase, love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. It is a stuff that's competing where it shouldn't be. Is there stuff where you know, do you know what? It's not that this thing is bad. It's just got in the wrong order. God needs to get first again. This other thing's fine. Career's good and sport's good and fashion. None of those things are bad. But when that happens, oh, you're worshipping the wrong thing. This is getting your affection rather than God. Is there something in your heart that you just need to say, God, I want to bring it all back to you this morning? As we kick into this worship series at the beginning, so just to say, God, I'm sorry I've let this thing take too big a place. I want it to be you. I want to get this in the right order today. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. And you spent your life kind of pouring yourself into things, projects, holidays, experiences, jobs, 
cars, thinking, if I just, if it, maybe this is the thing. Maybe this is the thing. And, and I'll feel whole, I'll feel fulfilled. The Bible says, no, no, we find life when we are connected to the source of life. We are created to worship God, to know him, to be in this dynamic relationship with him. You can spend your life trying to pursue all these other stuff. And you'll still be searching, yet you can find this point where it's like, oh, it's God. <laughs> he is the one that fulfills and satisfies, helps this life make sense. If that's you today, you can enter into a relationship with him. It says that all who call on the name of Jesus will be saved and can be reconciled with God. I want us to worship in the time that we have left, but I do want us to respond. I want a band if you can just ready. Can we just stand to our feet while I pray for a moment? I wonder if you are on our prayer team. Can you just come forward, just be available now? That would be really helpful. That would be fantastic. We have a prayer team here, and um, these guys would just be down here my, towards my right, your left, and maybe you're here today and you're like oh wow I've realised I've got this stuff out of kilter I really would love someone to pray alongside me that I just put God first again heart, mind, soul, strength maybe that you're here today and you're like I want to know this I want to know God I want to be reconciled with him as we worship in a moment I want to encourage you just to come forward and these guys would love to pray with you We'd love to pray with you. Father, we want to love you with our whole heart, our soul, our mind and our strength. Lord, as we begin this week of prayer, as we begin this series on worship, Lord, may the fruit of all these things be a church that is more devoted to you, wholeheartedly in love with God. A church that is passionate about your glory and your fame above anything else. A church that meditates upon who you are and your great deeds more than anything else. A church that gives its life and energy for your glory above anything else. Lord, we love you. We, we, want, we want to worship you in spirit and in truth wholeheartedly, all of us, for all of you. Forgive us, Lord God, where we have made this about us as if Somehow you owe us something when we come to worship you. No, no, Lord, we want to be men and women who humbly come into the presence of the Lord and say, all for Jesus I surrender. All for you, God. My devotions for you. My songs are for you. My thoughts are for you. My works for you. My family for you. All of it is for you, God, that you may be glorified. Teach us what it means to be a worshipping community, I pray, in this series. Even as we respond now, help us to worship you in spirit and truth, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.